Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with Kyle and Sean So about halfway through the movie that I was watching Check this out guys mm-hmm. I, uh, I have these weights in my room that I never use And about halfway through the movie I just started doing this You got inspired I, huh? Yeah, I had Kyle's uh, login for Amazon Prime because he rented this. And so I was sitting at my computer so I could just wipe his information as soon as I was done. And uh, and so, yeah, I just sat there in my computer chair just working out because I felt like such a bum of a man watching everything that was going on on my screen. <laughs> at, at the very yes. least, JCBD is just a specimen of a human being in 1991. Even like 2005, that dude was a specimen <laughs> of a human being. Yes. I saw a recent photo of him, and it made me really depressed. Mm. <laughs> like, very depressed. Because uh, he's super but, jacked? Uh, no. I mean, oh. he just looks like a normal dude, but with, like, bigger arm muscles, you know? I was Whereas say, you, you watch a movie depressed. like this, and he's shredded. Look at Danny Elfman performing at Coachella <laughs> this year. There, you'll feel real depressed, dude. Because he's so good, or...? He's just incredibly jacked, and he's like sixty. And he wait, Danny Elfman? Fuck. Yeah, yes. Him and Carrot Top are yes. like the two redheaded, like jacked people who you would never expect to he, be. And he is ripped to like a Carrot Top level, and he's sixty again. It's I'm ridiculous. muting my mic to look this up. <laughs> and he played shirtless at Coachella, and everybody's like, "Whoa, wait! When did Danny Elfman get a bod?" And we're all like, "I guess he's always had it." My question. I've always wondered this about uh, JCVD. Of course, I got to jump in here first and, mm-hmm. you know, introduce the lovely Phil. Thank you for joining us, as is tradition now for Action Movie December. JCVD week. We are uh, doing my third favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Double Impact. We're working through them. I'm still waiting to get to Time Cop, baby. We'll get there. Eventually. Also, I think one of the Universal Soldiers... I, I always, for some reason, I always forget about it. I feel yeah. like that was a really big deal when it came out, and it's not even... I have this list of my my favorite Van Damme movies, and it it's not on there, and I feel it needs to be, so... I feel um, are you like telling me that like Bill Goldberg... Movie. Yeah. Bill Goldberg didn't push it to, like, the top of your stratosphere? It's, you know, it kind of fell off uh, when the Goldberg uh, took over. Um <laughs> Wait, kind so of. did he become, like, the big character in that series, Goldberg? I think he got a next movie, maybe. Yeah, it was oh. it was Van Damme and Lundgren for the first yeah, one. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren had it. And that was, I remember it being a pretty pretty good show, pretty good time, but I never saw any of the other ones. I think they made a, a handful of ones. I think he came back, I think JCVD came back for the third or fourth one. Um, yeah, they were going strong up until like the late 2000s, I think. Wow. Well, not going it, strong, but like coming out. Every <laughs> they were making them. They were continuing yeah. to yeah, make yeah. them. Yeah. Which, oh, I feel man, like how do you guys feel about the uh, the all-star classic uh, Street Fighter? The uh, That's a masterpiece, I've, yeah? So Raul Julia is fantastic in it. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme. Was dying from cancer. Is self-admittedly coked out of his mind that entire movie. There is a... Wasn't he just banging, what's her name, like, the entire time? Kylie Minogue, like, yeah. Kylie Minogue. Yeah. There's a... Yeah. I forget, there's a really good story out there that details 
just everything that went wrong with that movie, and it was an absolute shit show. And it goes through like Van Damme's coke adult a lot of it was experience and yeah. and just banging through Minogue and anything else <laughs> he could put his dick into. Um, it doesn't. Doesn't just this just make him even more of a legend? Like I feel like that story just makes me want to go back and watch maybe not Street Fighter, but like all of the rest of his movies. You should, you should. He's got a very I mean, robust really catalog. Uh, I'm <laughs> not sure they, they. I feel like they fall off in quality towards the yeah. late '90s, and there's a very forgettable run up through uh, JCVD when that kind of came out and gave him a little bit of a renaissance. But okay, so who had more of a robust catalog, mm-hmm. JCVD uh-huh. or Steven Seagal? Oh, JCVD. Really? I think I so. Feel, like number Steven Seagal is just shit. Like JCVD actually is good at kung fu and like sort of fighting. Like he gets it. Mm-hmm. I meant like like the plethora of movies. So I get I like, feel like Steven Seagal is still pumping out four or five movies a year somehow. But they're all trash. Seagal's all Seagal's garbage. you know, he peaked with the under siege stuff and then quickly went down the marked for death, marked to kill, kill for death, blank for blank uh route for all of his movies and um very quickly like his apex was I feel really, really small, whereas you know, there was a time for about three years when Van Damme is making Time Cop and Hard Target and Sudden Death and these kind of big budget action movies uh, that mm-hmm. he was trying to, you know, make a make a name for himself on that corner post uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger's uh, while they were still, you know, Schwarzenegger was still churning out stuff. Stallone was kind of in that dip in his like post uh um, stop or my mom will shoot era. Yeah. Pre-Copland, which is Pre-Copland. still my favorite Stallone flick for the record. I fucking love Copland. Copland. Wow, okay, that's a good one. I have not seen that probably since it came out. Mm-hmm. I remember really liking it, and I think primarily because of Stallone. But what I wanted to know, uh, when it comes to Jean-Claude, like, he's in great shape. Do you... Are there roids involved? Because I feel like he's not humongous. That dude's just shredded. Like, like he man, is big he... and he's really toned. Mm-hmm. But I don't see like the huge bulk that you would really expect. But I don't know. I don't know enough about steroids. I mean, I know would... you guys do. Yes, yeah, <laughs> steroid <laughs> experts. So I want your opinions. I mean, I would imagine a lot of that actually comes from you know putting the work in. Because you look at that guy; he clearly puts the work into like his craft, what he did. I mean, he's the flexibility to be able to do the stuff that he was doing doesn't just come naturally. I mean, that takes a lot of work, and if you don't keep at it, you know, you can lose that as well. So. I don't know. I feel like maybe if there was some help, I wouldn't say it was a huge amount, but I think even if there was some help, he's putting a shitload of time into it mm-hmm. anyways. I feel that the cocaine cancels out the steroids. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of that's probably what helps him keep right. his uh his dancer like figure. He's yeah. All, yeah, he's he's also speeding his balls off from nineteen eighty six through nineteen ninety seven. There's a rich chemical you know, cornucopia it... inside of his bloodstream. 
Listen, if he was on as much steroids as we think he is, I don't think he would have had the line in this movie where he's like, there's a huge surprise, a very huge surprise <laughs> under that silk boxers, you know? Well, silk. It's also <laughs> underwear. You got to say it with an O, underwear. 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 <laughs> with your fancy silk also, underwear. At the point when, like, he's doing the splits, I just want to, I feel like I've seen Jean-Claude Van Damme's junk more than any other action hero. And Arnold has been naked twice in Terminator. Van, I, Moose Knuckle was the word that came to my mind in that scene <laughs> when he stood up and he got told to do, go babysit the karate class. Mm-hmm. And he's just, dude, his balls are split in half. You see a bulge to one side. Like, they the whole package was there. On that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings me back to the question that I had on the Arnold film. Mm-hmm. Like, all of this is just here to arouse the dudes watching this movie, right? Like, subtly, we don't realize it's happening, but there's this attraction to the muscular physique, and also, they're getting us to look at his junk. It's, you know, it's like watching, at the junk. It's like watching porn. Like, you don't want a big, fat, schlubby guy in there. You want someone who actually looks good on film. So, I, I understand that. He's an exceptionally attractive man, and he shows his bare ass in... 90% of his movies. This was the least amount yeah. of ass we've seen in a Van Damme movie because it was actually clothed. It was... And he was... There was two Van Dams, and we saw zero ass. Yeah. And there was a sex scene. There was a sex scene, and there was no... Oh, yeah. No actual Van Damme nudity. There was gratuitous female nudity. Uh, which, we will get there. Which... Considering that Van Damme is a writer in this movie, I'm sure he made sure that, like, all right, and in this scene, we're going to have a fantasy about uh, me having sex with this beautiful woman, and uh, it's going to last for an uncomfortably long time. <laughs> like, I, I didn't feel, need to exist at all. <laughs> it's. I feel like I need to go back and watch it now. But there's an episode of Always Sunny where they're shooting one of the lethal weapons, and Frank mm. has an extended sex scene, <laughs> and I feel now that it's referencing this because of the way that it's shot. And I, I have to go back and visit. I'm almost positive now. It's got to be a Van Damme reference. Is that the one where they did blackface? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's one yeah. of the few that's actually been removed from Hulu for that, but I own all the DVDs, so. Oh, it's off of there for that? I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Back in 2020, like, that was when it. we were doing performative uh, social justice and removing nonsensical things like. Chang dressed as a drow in Community. I will always oh, bring that up. That is also one of the worst ones. Can't, Just... can't watch the D&D episode. One of the best ones of the series because someone is dressed as a drow. And that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, we solved racism by taking that one off the air. So congratulations, everybody. I always, I still, I thought we solved racism when Ryan bridged the gap, man. I don't know what we're still doing here. <laughs> yes. This was solved forever ago. Back in like 2017. We've moved past this need, so. Yeah. Is there a name? So you brought up Moose Knuckle, uh, Sean. Is there a name for being able to see someone's butthole through their tights? Because in that in that split scenes, like the tights ride up, and you can see the crevice, the canyon where his puckered sphincter is definitely there, and you know it's there. You can't see it, but it's got all the indentation and impression. Man, I'm so glad that this was the episode that I chose to share on my Facebook wall. <laughs> <laughs> this is also, I mean, you're right. You, that, that's what I'm saying. That 
there's also like his balls are just dangling and uh, exactly in that same split scene. And uh, this, and unfortunately, I used to have a thing for like chicks in those like ankle leg warmer things. Mm. I do not anymore. Thank you, Wait, Claude Van Damme. He's wearing them in this seat, and it's I know he is. But very he weird. Damn good wearing them. I mean, yeah, but oh, I also had math earlier. Uh, you guys talked about uh, this, all of these movies being like a thing for dudes to be homoerotic, and I just want to say, like, since '80s action movies have come out, mm-hmm. the amount of uh, gay men coming out has also increased. So. I'm just saying, math was Sean's got a point here. Mm-hmm. I've got a point. It all started here. Everybody was forced to watch these as children because it was a manly <laughs> thing to do. Yep. And we're seeing a stark rise, and that is great. Everybody be true to yourself, but we all know where the door opened. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme turning the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> oh, no. Yo, that scene in this movie, I was like, what the fuck? Why oh, is that fuck, frog that just is... getting chopped up? <laughs> I, I told Mandy, like, don't look. I was not oh. expecting that either. Yeah, total uh, gratuitous animal violence. This is not a uh, sanctioned by the ASPCA. That was in my flick. notes. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> not ASP, ASPCA certified, approved, oh, rest in peace frog. Definitely not. That was a live <laughs> frog that got butchered for this film to be made. Or they were just butchering it anyway, and they filmed it. So, yeah, two questions. I got two questions. Uh, It looks like Phil already saw this on the Facebook page. But I put up a a post on the Facebook page earlier today. Guys, if you're listening and you do not follow the Facebook page, we have been utilizing it way more. I put up a, uh, a post saying, if you have any questions or comments, leave it on this post. And Paul wrote in asking, where do you guys rate hard target? And the JCVD tier list. Number four. Next question. I personally have not seen it yet, so I can't jump in there. (laughs) But I want to toss it over to you guys. So, yeah, Phil said number four. Next question. Uh, Hard target. That's the what He has the mullet, right? Yeah. He plays the uh, the Cajun uh, Chance Boudreau. (laughs) And his dad is Wilford Brimley. (laughs) Oh, fuck. He's a Cajun man with a Belgian accent, which is a much bigger step from his role as... Both an American and a Hong Kong raised man, yet both also had Belgian accents. They, they. Ex- I will say at least mm-hmm. the Hong Kong one does have some dialect that I would be like, okay, okay. I, I guess if it's, but it's only for the first ten minutes of him appearing on screen. It feels like he tries a, to do a little. He tries to hide the accent a little bit, but then it just goes away. And he it just and gives up. At least yeah, in. Yeah. In the movie, they explain Chad, uh, the more um, pastel-colored Flamboyant. twin. Flamboyant. Yeah, he's wearing a lot of Easter colors. And uh, they get, give the, the standard JCVD throwaway line of, you were raised in France, um, therefore blah, blah, blah. He's always raised in France, even though he's from Belgium. And I guess they're bordering countries, so they probably share some some similarities. But... Um, Alex, the rough-and-tumble, slick-back-haired Hong Kong native, does not get such an explanation, but he still speaks Van Damme-ese. Uh, <laughs> Very much so, So yes. I guess it's just in in their genes. Um, but we're getting away from from Paul's question about, about hard target and the tier list. I, I feel like it's second tier, like Bloodsport, Kickboxer are my first tier. 
double impact and hard yeah. target are my second tier. Hard target's my favorite of his um, more Hollywood uh, action movies. Um, it's much, much better produced than any of the ones that we've watched so far. Because um, who's the... Uh, Who's the director for that? He's who's the dude who's like super famous for slow motion action. Oh, um, not Ang Lee. It, mi- uh, it might be Ang something Lee. Woo. Oh yeah, no, John Woo. It is John, John Woo. Woo. John Woo. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a John uh, Woo movie. That's a John Woo movie, and it's got. I mean, it's got Van Damme. It's got Brimley. It's got. Um, Goddamn! You have Lance me at Brimley. Chuck Fair. It's got. Did you say Lance Henriksen? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's got a good, good cast. Uh, one of my favorite named actors, CCH Pounder. She's oh, I love CCH. <laughs> no, she's fantastic. Yeah, dude. <laughs> one of the most intense people to ever be on the screen ever. Mm-hmm. It's great, and it's got a really fun premise too. Um, of the you know hunting people through New Orleans, and Van Damme's got to be the bounty hunter that tracks down the uh, the folks that hunt the homeless for sport, and then. <laughs> Takes them to the bayou and hunts them in return. Oh yeah! While uh, Brimley rides away from an explosion drunkenly on a horse, it's it's beautiful. I like it. I'm I'm hoping if we uh, get the chance to do it um, next year, 2023 December. I think when we get there, it'll be the first one. So you said it's it's better produced. the The common trend in the first three we've watched is that they've all been produced and shot primarily in uh, an Asian country. I think. This one was a lot of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I think with the others too. I mean, I gotta imagine that. Yeah, kickboxer production wise, that's just cheap. I, I forget. We, we, I'd have to go back and listen, but you know, Thailand, and I think they tr- probably filmed a lot of it in in mainland China, and then um, Bloodsport was Kowloon, the walled city, where they actually got a chance to film there. That's right. So yeah, it's all these early Van Damme movies were um have an interesting production story behind them and that's pretty much the entirety of the trivia IMDb trivia for Double Impact is all about <laughs> the bizarre route that this movie took to being produced and um how we got to where we are Van Damme really pushed for it to show his acting range Yeah <laughs> I get to play asshole I really do and I get to play sexy boy <laughs> I really do appreciate these older ones being shot in different countries because even watching this this time, it it just gives me that nostalgic feeling of like watching old Jackie Chan movies mm-hmm. too. It's like the, the same thread for me, just like the crazy action scenes, a ton of chase scenes, like a lot of chasing. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, I like them cause they have that real gorilla style. Like it's almost because I feel like they are. They're sort of figuring out how to make a movie while they're making the movie. So mm-hmm. you can see a lot of things that they're just kind of doing and throwing a lot of things at the wall to see what sticks. And I really appreciate that, especially for like a dude from Belgium shooting a movie in an Asian country in like the 80s when like, I, I don't know how you did shit like that, man, without the benefit of computers and all kinds of shit. Like, I don't know, man. Well, you have to have... And they're trying... A lot of cocaine. Yeah, definitely a lot of cocaine. I'm sure that was part of the budget, part of the $15 million budget. Uh, but they're trying some some interesting things with this, with doing the split screen, putting the 
I don't know how, like, I don't, I don't have a technical background. It, I imagine, you know, it's film splicing and putting film on top of each other and, you know, filming the same scene with the same camera um, movement and putting them on top of each other. And a lot of the time they do it pretty well. And then there are times when it is noticeably really, really bad. Uh, I'm not sure if you, there's, there's the scene in the middle of the movie where they blow up the heroin factory um, and then they make a getaway in a shootouts. They get make a getaway in a car, oh, and they're like side by so side. Weird. And it is yeah. it is so bad. Like one of the Van Dams, his shoulder is kind of clipping through the other one, and they're different. <laughs> the, the lighting is different on each one, and it's. I only really found it really bad whenever a green screen was involved. Yeah, they did a yeah. really good job in in most of the scenes where it's like it always looks like somebody's a little bit softer just because I think someone's one of the scenes is juxtaposed over the top of the other one, Mm -hmm. but it was never, it was never really bad until there was a green screen. Yeah. And then like both of them are lit up and then that's jarring to begin with, but then you start noticing like the smaller details and the scene you're describing is the one that pops out. The, it's the worst in the movie by far. Yeah. By far. Yep. Let me ask you this, guys. Just, oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to ask, had, had either of you seen this movie before coming into this? Oh, yeah. Okay. I feel like this... When I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, all three of these movies were just, like, constantly on repeat on TV, I feel like. This one, a lot less than, like, I've seen Bloodsport front to back countless times. I feel like this one's always one that, like, I caught pieces of it in different sections, but, mm-hmm. like, this might have been the first time I sat down and watched it, watched it, but... I remember a lot of this movie because, again, it's just it was everywhere as a kid growing up. I imagine this almost feels like one of those made for TV, like JCVD movies like this was made to be played on repeat in between shows or like playing at seven to nine on USA Network or something, you know. It just had that vibe, and I I don't mean that as a bad thing. Yeah. But, you know, it's just if you run down a checklist of all of the things that in the mid-90s that a movie needed to just be playing once a week on TV, this hit every box. Yeah. Except for that, you know, that super unneeded sex scene that they just cut out. <laughs> well, and because but. it's so unneeded and so gratuitous, it's very easy to cut that entire thing out and you lose nothing. Cause nothing you got, you got Alex who is, you know, imagining this, he's getting drunk while Chad is rescuing <laughs> his girlfriend and he's just yeah. imagining the ultimate them. Chad move, by the way. He's just imagining them going going to fuck town on each other in the boat. And so you get this like really soft core porn shooting and they're both nude, but she's only she's the only one who's actually showing anything of, of note, which again, bold move by Van Damme, because normally he takes every opportunity to to show those sweet cheeks. Uh and he should, because they're magnificent. But he does work on them. Yeah. Do you think that do you think that he was a little jealous that the evil female lead in this movie had better quads than he did? Oh man. Six time she had some Chun Li quads, man. Six time Miss Olympia winner. Believe it. Yeah. Karina Everson. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was also uh when I first saw her, I dubbed her as aggressively lesbian. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, she does... It doesn't get better as sex- the movie goes on. She does sexually assault uh, one of the main characters in the in the film. Um, a lot. <laughs> and then, as is uh, the style at the time, must attack the male lead with her thighs. 
because that's mm-hmm. that's just what you do when you have a femme fatale in the 90s. You've got to squeeze their head like a watermelon. And double, because Jean-Claude Van Damme turns around in her thighs. He, he had enough that he could twist. He didn't just get out from underneath her, though. No, he turns and faces her. How Face sad on. is it? Me as a wrestling fan, avid wrestling fan, I was like, uh-huh. he's gonna power bomb. That's he's gonna power bomb. <laughs> I was about and to say, been awesome. He's very gentle. He does not want to hurt her, and yet also wants to stab her and does. But he wants to do it gently. <laughs> he makes no effort when when she attacks him. His first move to attack her back is still an open hand. Like I'm going to slap as hard as I hand, but it's I'm not going to close my fist because you're a woman and I respect you. But it is going Chad's to be. Chad's a good guy. <laughs> well, that was, was it Chad or was that, that Alex? That was Alex, yeah. Okay, so okay, if that's the case, he had no problem cold cocking Danielle. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Earlier in the movie. <laughs> so great, great one. role model. He's, great role model. There are times Jesus. when he pulls out a knife and he's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do the good thing. I'm not going to kill this henchman. And then there are other times where he just is stabbing and snapping necks and his... He kind of goes back and forth between uh, chaotic good and, like, chaotic neutral, I think. I don't know. And, like, even as the two brothers, like, he's supposed to be playing one as one way, but they it's just Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, as Chad, oh, I'll snap this guy's neck and I'll leave this guy alive. And the same with Alex. There's no rhyme or reason to any of the logic. He did a really good job, I think, of differentiating between the two characters until the end of the movie. Yeah. When they're both you just always, covered in dirt. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you could tell the difference between the two of them. You know, the facial expressions. I, I, I'm i like, oh, that's Alex. Or if he's chomping on a cigar or just has an angry look. Or, oh, that one's carrying a Louis Vuitton bag. That's clearly <laughs> Chad, you know? And then by the end of the movie, I had no idea who was doing what or who was where. And I mean, that's okay. <laughs> By the end of the movie, I just wanted to see the, the finale. Mm-hmm. Man, I had, but, uh, I had a point I was going to make about Jean-Claude Van Damme and I fucking lost it. It was dealing with right. Kara. I don't know. How'd you, yeah. get, Oh, how'd you guys watch this? Uh, on Amazon, okay. the, uh, whatever version is on there. That's what I got. Um, on, yeah. Uh, watching it in roughly 180p, um, just the worst resolution <laughs> possible, which I feel like adds to it, although it's, you know, digitized and not, you know, the the 1991 era um, television that you're you're watching that experience. Crushed but aspect ratio. You're right. Yeah. I really wish I had... Like, uh, shit. What are those old box TVs called? Shit, I feel like such a bad gamer. Oh. CRTs? CRT? Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could, like, find a CRT filter to watch some of these movies through, like some of these older ones. <laughs> I'm sure So I can really exist. immerse myself back to how it felt when I was a kid. And some of the crappy movies just looking all right because they were made to kind of blend the pixels together instead of having the pixels stand out on their own. That's something that I recently learned about is that like those CRT TVs were meant to bleed the colors together. That's why say if you play like Final Fantasy seven right now, I was going to say, dude, did you see that, that picture of the HD and SD comparison of Final Fantasy seven profile pics? Wild, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
absolutely insane. But that's like what TVs used to do. Mm -hmm. So I do kind of, and yeah, it makes it look like a little watercolory. That's fine. Whatever. That's, you know, I, I just have an appreciation for that. Before we jump jump too far into this, I do have a second question for you boys. <gasps> yes. Oh. I know we're 27 minutes in, but this is how we do. There's another question coming from Sarah. Boys, mm -hmm. if you were... Oh, fuck. Let me get the exact <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> I'm a dumbass. What movie do you feel best represents your life? Yeah, just on the spot. I'll just toss Apollo 13 for me. Everything always seems like it's going right until it's not, and it's a shitstorm. And then I try my best to salvage things, and I somehow make it back to Earth. But then somebody dies of cancer later, and you know it's it's a mixed bag of emotions. It's ups and it's downs, catastrophes. But overall, I'm making it through life relatively safe. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, and it's got Kevin Bacon. I'm into it. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, for me, the one that popped to my head was, uh, Boyhood, which is a, uh, is it Richard Linklater? Yeah, it's a Richard Linklater film. Uh, that's the one that he shot over the period of, like, some kid's actual life. He would film, like, once a year as this kid grew up in real time. It's a crazy movie. That's sick. It's, the, it's really good. It's the Robin Hood prequel. They film it one year at a time <laughs> until he becomes Robin Hood. <laughs> essentially but uh basically spoiler for the movie it's just about a kid growing up doing kind of mundane shit the parents get divorced and then at the end of the movie he sort of discovers himself when he takes uh hallucinogens and i relate to that for <laughs> a lot of reasons so <laughs> boyhood there we go <laughs> every reason listed I'll I'll go. What about you, Phil? First move that pops to your head. I'll go with the forty-year-old version because I was Ooh. a bit of a a late bloomer myself. Not that late because I'm not even forty yet. Uh, but um, bit of a bit of a nerdy nice guy um, who doesn't know what a breast feels like. And uh, I watched that recently, so that's on the top of my mind. And uh, he ends up marrying a fantastic woman, and I am married to a fantastic woman. So. Um, He's also yeah. aggressively funny, as are you. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it all checks out, man. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. Didn't, Good question. didn't mean, mean to derail this uh, JV, uh, JCVD uh, love fest, but I, I needed to get that in there before we got too much further. I should have picked out a JCVD movie, but that's okay. <laughs> it's Bloodsport. My life is Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't, Phil... Mm -hmm. What do you think, man? Do you want to, you want to give us sort of a, a rundown of kind of the flick? Yeah, so it's it starts in Hong Kong back in yeah. 25 years before the movie really takes place and you got these uh the, these media not media moguls, these real estate moguls that are um opening this new tunnel connecting Hong Kong to mainland and uh it ends up turning into an assassination where the, the parents of the twins who are just babies at the time are killed. Uh, and the father figure mentor played by Jeffrey Lewis uh, rescues one of them. And the Chinese um, maid, uh, uh, that's not the, the right word, but she's kind of the caretaker of, yeah. the, of the children. And she takes one of them and leaves one of them behind. Like a nanny? Kind there of? you go. Or yeah, nanny. Would you say, is it still au pair? Au pair? And it is a French, and uh, he is a French somehow. 
But they get that, that would be the word for in French. I learned that from <laughs> Haunting of Hill House or whatever the sequel was. So they're they're separated at birth, and their parents are killed. And one is raised in Hong Kong, and one is is raised in. Um, well, we see him at first in Hollywood, but we find out later that he was raised in France. Uh, hence the uh, accent, accent, which okay. you know. Again, I, I I have to assume that people making these films decided that Americans know France much better than they know Belgium, and they probably can't tell the difference between a French and a Belgian accent. Plus, That's a very good point, man. Plus, they're bordering countries, so they probably share, like, some similarities in their dialects um, or in their diction. So that would be this my was, guess. Yeah, America in the 80s would have no idea or give a fuck about Belgium in the least bit. Yeah. So no marketability, baby. That's 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 pretty spot on. Also, I just want to give a quick shout out to the fact that Jeffrey Lewis kind of carries this whole movie. One hundred percent. He really does, and does yeah. an incredible job. So all he's, of these he's really great. All of these early Van Damme, Hong Kong, China, Thailand action movies all have this older father figure that is there to kind of guide him and carry him through. Because that's kind of it's a weird trope with martial arts movies from the 70s yeah. and 80s is you have this this star and this happens in a lot of uh, Jackie Chan movies and they're they're like 25 30 years old but they're acting as if they're a naive 13 year old who's never <laughs> seen the big city before and it's a really weird trope but um it's it's a i guess that's the vehicle they have for for making Jeffrey Lewis and his Sean Connery-esque mustache uh, kind of lead beautiful. Van Damme throughout uh, throughout Hong Kong. Um, I, I especially like when that dancer girl says that he looks like Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell if he was... I like how he blows her off and yeah. then is immediately like, wait, what? I couldn't really? tell if he was insulted or turned on right. by being... Because I, I feel in 1991, being compared to Sean Connery is like, that's a really good thing. He was voted one of the sexiest men in the world. It was he was definitely one of those like Time magazine sexiest man of the world um covers in that era. Like he was just James Bond like 10 years prior, right? Yeah. If yeah, he, like, that, that can't really? be a bad thing to be compared to. Cuz he had come back for a movie I think a movie in the early 80s back when they were kind of between Bonds and they're like, "Well, we're just going to bring Connery back for this um cuz I think there were some contract disputes with the uh guy who was playing James Bond. That wasn't I get it mixed up. I'm not a Bond person, but one of the Bonds, one of the guys playing Bonds was playing hardball, and I think they decided, well, we can just go back to the better Bond that we had and use him instead. So take your shit and Contract go. Contract negotiations, man. That's how you do it, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You just bring in Sean Connery. So we learn in the assassination that... Uh, the parents, the partner of the parents, Nigel Griffith, um, which you couldn't come up with a more British name if you tried, uh, is behind the assassination. And and there's a there's an interesting comparison to Donald Trump that they make in the movie. They where they're like, that. he's like the Donald Trump of yep. Hong Kong. And at the time, they weren't making the comparison to a billionaire real estate mogul who is involved in illegal activities and um, is a lawful evil um, businessman. But that's one of the things that aged pretty well in this movie, I felt. Aged perfectly. I feel like at any era you could call Trump a scumbag and you're right. 
Yeah. He just had better PR so, PR in yeah. the 80s. And, uh, yeah. Uh, also, I, I do love the... F- this opening s- action scene is wild for a couple of reasons. One of the ones that shocks me the most is, for some reason, Bolo Young, who returns because he and Sean Connery had... Or, not Sean Connery, <laughs> goddammit. John Connery, Van Damery, uh became yeah. such good buddies on Bloodsport. I want I want that BFF movie told. I want to hear about that that bromance because they were tight and I think remain so to this day. They're they share a very interesting bond. Um and it's I was glad to see it, man. Yeah. I love Bolo Young. As soon as soon as Bolo popped up on the screen, I'm like, that motherfucker was in every movie from like 1970 (laughs) to like 1995. And even like even recently. But especially in, like, every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie that I can think of. Also, for as jacked as he is in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, not, a, not a lot of him shirtless. It's kind of criminal. He, yeah. He only, he only really shows it off there at the end. So, But he's different he from his... He showed off at the end. Yeah. He... But he was, like, like, his upper body and his, his, like, arms and his chest are massive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely massive. But he's barrel chested. He's different than uh, his character in Bloodsport because he has a scar. So <laughs> now he does. That is a really cool scar too. It's a really cool it's... scar. But I, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like you are doing the same mannerisms as Chong Lee. Oh, you're doing especially the, the intimidating the fight scene. Yeah, nose blowing. <laughs> you're doing like uh, the weird. Like he does the crazy eyes smile when he's trying to kill you. Um, but but yeah, he's great, and he makes a good. Bad I remember. Yes. Remembered what I was going to say. Uh, back, back when Alex is fighting Kara, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was another <laughs> common trope that I've noticed, because we had it happen last week in our movie, too, in Escape from New York, where somebody gets stabbed shallowly in the gut, and they die instantly. Instant mm-hmm. death. Yep. Because that's sort when of what Paris happens to her, too. She gets stabbed right there, done. The ki- and she stabs the dude in the chest, Um Right before they have the uh, cognac explosions, stabs the dude in the chest with the butterfly knife, and the dude like is dead within like within two seconds. That's stabbed in the chest, dead. The nerve centers of the body are the kidneys and the lungs. So <laughs> <laughs> you stab them there, and you can take someone down in a heartbeat. That's it, man. It, you can see like UFC fights in that way when they hit the liver. It is like a literal off switch Ooh. for your body. Like mm-hmm. you. No oh, matter yeah. what, it shuts everything down. It's crazy good, to see. The good old uh, pants shitter. <laughs> you probably will lose your bowels. So, but yeah. that's what I wanted to get to. Please one, continue, Phil. One thing I noticed in, in my notes, during the, prior to the assassination happening, so that's it's at the end of the, the ribbon-cutting ceremony, um, the Wagner family is they driving. seven people. Yeah. <laughs> For this, like, billion-dollar underwater tunnel project. Uh, but the Wagner family is driving home, and they're on these, like, two-way radio walkie-talkie things. And um, they dismiss their bodyguard, Jeffrey Lewis. And then another car um, starts following them. And he sees them very quickly. And he radios Jeffrey Lewis. And it's like, because it's the same-looking car. And, and they he kind of says, like, yeah, hey, I told you to go home. And they realize that that's not actually Jeffrey Lewis following them. Um, it's someone sinister. Uh, and so what does 
what does Daddy Wagner do? He drives home to a dead end and parks the car. And I feel like if you are situated in a car when you're being tailed, you are you are in a getaway vehicle. You can go anywhere to get away from these people. They're not driving aggressively. They're not trying to shoot you. They're they're yeah. just tailing you. And so you they deliberately went to a dead end, which turned out to be an ab- ambush with um, a bunch of people there. And Nigel Griffith is there because when you're going to murder one of the richest British billionaire real estate moguls, you want to make sure that you're there at the scene of the crime when it happens. <laughs> of course. So, <laughs> so that Jeffrey Lewis can actually see you when he is taking one of the babies away to safety. It's so also- much like the beginning of Commando, okay? Mm-hmm. This all needed to play out perfect for this movie to get going. Like at this one, you remember that guy with the trash man, and he brings out his trash, I, and the trash dudes were driving away, and they mow down. They come back and mow him down. I love this guy had it coming too. I love that you pointed that out, by the way, because I had never thought about that. That in order for that assassination to take place, they would need to hear the trash. Like, they so need to convoluted. hear the garbage truck coming on a day that it isn't supposed to come and go like, oh, shit, I need to get up and take the garbage out. Because yeah. I don't take the garbage out half the time during the days when it has to go out. And if when I heard it, it showing up two days earlier, I would just go like, it's 6 a.m. There's a garbage truck outside. Huh. I'm It'll be back, back to next bed. week. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's- I'll get this trash out there next time. It was literally like tonight was trash night, and I came home and changed pants, and then I had to have that internal debate like, oh, do I need to take the trash down? Do I care that much? Did you care enough? Yeah, I did. You did? Oh. But yeah, okay, so in, in order for this assassination to happen, they had to go home where the the crack squad of Bolo Young and his team of assassins are waiting for them in the driveway. Because if they go literally anywhere else, they're—I mean, they're still the car tailing them with four guys in there. But they had yeah. to be waiting for them to show up for this to work. So they had to know, like, oh, when they're scared, they're going to come home. Which, yeah, why the fuck would they bring the person stalking them to their house? It's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing in these '80s action movies that, again, we noticed, especially with Commando, where, dude, it doesn't fucking matter. I want to see Jean Claude Van Damme kick somebody in the face. I want to see him do an awkward little crab crawl with a gun pointed up in the air for like five minutes where he just, (laughs) it's like the weirdest slink I've ever seen. It's almost like the Grinch. (laughs) He gets, I mean, he's, he's got that flexibility to get down in this squat and move stealthily. Yeah. And I like how all of the assassins outside of Bolo, uh, Phil, have you watched Barry? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, Kyle, you'll get this. Like every one of his, uh, every one of the assassins just reminds me of every inept, like soldier of like Cristobal's army. Like (laughs) just all of the absolute worst, like drug soldiers in the world, except for Bolo. They all have to be drugged out of their mind. They're like like, the trope. They have stormtrooper aim. It's insane how like so many times either Jean-Claude Van Damme is just in the open. Yeah, they can't hit. There's there's, there's, a, there's a scene where he's running down an alley and they open fire and he stops before going around the corner 
turns around to see who's firing at him as they're going pop, 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 <laughs> and then runs around the corner. I'm like, <laughs> not only that, dude, at the <laughs> what end, are you doing? they're chasing Nigel through like the shipping containers where it's only as wide as a human body. And Nigel has a gun. <laughs> there is literally nowhere he can go. Just stop and shoot him. And Alex does <laughs> he not. He just keeps running. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> he does so fire crazy, a warning man. shot to keep him off the trail. But... <laughs> it's so dumb. I love it. <laughs> Um, oh. Mom is acting, by the way. That's that's what I have. Sarah Jane Varley plays uh, Mama Wagner, and her entire role is to scream mercilessly throughout the entire assassination attempt, and then to ask, "What are you going to do with them?" To which Bolo Young responds, "You will never know," <laughs> in like a very Blaster. very threatening voice. Um, so yeah, so that's the first 15, 10, 15 minutes of the movie. We we catch up uh, 25 years later, and Jeffrey Lewis has gone Just bald, and that's it. The quick wipe. Oh yeah, yep. that fucking wig at the start. <laughs> I was like, man, this dude looks weird. What is happening? But I was like, it's the 80s. Maybe he did have great hair. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so so Frank, Frankie, as uh, he is he is uh, called by Alex throughout, Chad throughout the movie. God, it's... Alex and Chad, it's, it's, I had a hard time differentiating just in the names, um, but uh, Chad and Frankie run a karate studio of sorts. Um, slash, slash massage, gym, gym slash something. Slash yoga studio? Dance. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of uh, extracurricular activities going on there. But there is the, this oh, is the opening shot. everybody in the dance class. It's the opening shot where it's the tightest spandex on the tightest close-up of a vagina it shows that's not a porno shot i've ever seen you can read the book through those fucking spandex dude it's crazy julie strain of heavy metal 2000 fame is yes that is yes (laughs) and it's just we get to see her soul uh Mm -hmm. through those spandex um, and then but all then, of the girls not to for him. Yeah. yeah, not to be outdone. Then JCBD immediately goes into a prolonged splits as they all ooh and odd him, and we're seeing that roll forward and back from the back. We're seeing back. that from the butt cheek. Like the ass gets more screen time than his parents do. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. So, um, long story short, they f- they get information about uh, Alex in Hong Kong, and uh, Frankie reveals that they're twins, and or that he's that he's not uh, related to Chad, and they fly to Hong Kong, and uh, Chad wears the most conspicuous outfit ever of the bright pink I shorts. Fucking love the outfit. Mm. Bright pink shorts it. and a teal polo mm. and uh with a pink belt but a, it's brown in the front uh-huh. and then white shoes with high high rising white socks that he scrunches down fucking love this outfit man you could not I'll wear this anywhere <laughs> you you could not pick a more like a less noticeable outfit if you tried <laughs> uh, yo i love how frankie just casually drops also, I'm not your uncle. And then it just moves on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, this dude thought he, you were his uncle for 25 years. <laughs> and also, he's 25 in this movie. 
Okay. Yeah, Are right. Sure? Was he 25 during this movie? I, it's, I, it's, I feel it's probably, probably going to be, be pretty close-ish. I think he was Damn. 21, 22 in Bloodsport. Maybe. Damn, man. But, Damn, um... Jesus. Just slay and tail. Yeah. <laughs> 21-year-old so. 80s Van Damme. God damn. Oh, he was 31 when this was filmed. Okay. What? Really? Uh, yeah, 1960 he was born. This was... Wow. I could see... So I was gonna... Next. I kind of felt like 30. Because he, he... makes sense. He does... He does look aged. He does not look... Especially when he he's playing... He doesn't look 25. Fresh-faced Chad. Yeah. Also, uh, for some reason, whatever, before we get to Hong Kong... He does just beat the shit out of a random guy in the karate class as soon as he walks in, like, within a minute. Yeah, there's a... Hey, you gotta establish that he knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, there's, like, a... There's the, the guy who's in charge of the karate class while while Frankie is out, and he clearly... He's very much like, all right, there's a problem student, it's his first day, and it's this Australian dude who sees Van Damme in his spandex and uh, does not believe he is uh, of, of any... Um, notability and van damme asked him to do you know give me give me a demonstration give me give me your kick and so he one of your cool kicks and so he tries to kick van damme and van damme responds by like kicking him in the throat and (laughs) that's it kicking his ass also i fucking love the design of this kung fu studio which is like 90s vaporwave with all of this mauve and pink as well as everybody's kung fu suit is like that soft pink and just it's ah. like it's like a ni- early '90s Taco Bell. <laughs> it's I wa- those yes, exact. I wanted to live there. Yeah, everybody's got a gi that's either yellow or pink. It's ah, gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yes, beautiful. So, anyways, we're in Hong Kong, where Chad is wearing a similar colored outfit. Uh huh. That's his. That's his. Uh, his colors, and uh, he gets mistaken for his brother at the Maj- at the Mahjong bar. That they go to, that uh, Frankie leads them to, including... Is that Alex's place? Does Alex own that place? I think so. Or at least... Because le- it's the same guy that was behind the phone in this scene as it was later. Yeah. That it gets killed. Yeah. So I think it's I think that's Alex's joint that he, he runs. And so there's someone there that mistakes uh, Chad for Alex and acts like he's going to pull out a gun and gives him money instead. And then... A very beautiful Caucasian woman uh, clearly um, knows him and beckons him back and uh, fishes in his pants. Pulls his cock out, and <laughs> Chad is here for it. He's just mm-hmm. like, "Keep going, keep going. I got something big. It's a big surprise for you." <laughs> Wild times. This this movie. This was ninety one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Chad I'll- loved Hong Kong, man. Getting free money. Yeah. Ladies are rubbing up on his silk black boxers. Underwear. Nobody's even asking. Underwear. Underwear. Uh, damn it. Why do I lose all these points I want to make? It's terrible. And then he's immediately headbutt by Alex. Yeah, he gets cold chalk. Okay. I got to give big props this. One, actually, I'm going to start with a bad and then hit with a prop. Okay. Why the fuck is his head lit up so bad from a headbutt? Like... The same exact makeup for the damage to his head, you see on his head like four different times in the movie. I think they put the makeup on and then they must have filmed like four fight scenes for later in the movie using that makeup. So it was dumb for a headbutt, but I got to say, Alex had this lump on his forehead that I don't know if it was intentional or not, but that was 
dope if it they did it as makeup for that headbutt. I noticed that too. Alex has the lump throughout the. That's, that's one weird. way. To, that's the two ways you can figure out the difference between Alex and Chad is the hair and which one of them has the lump on the head. Um, but Chad gets his ass kicked throughout the movie. He's he's constantly in bandages from the headbutt, from getting assaulted <laughs> by Zhang's uh, thugs. Uh, he's just constantly getting the shit beat out of him. My, uh, yeah. my, my question revolved around Danielle. Uh, mm-hmm. so do you guys think that was her voice or was it another actress 80 yard over? I couldn't tell, but I it's wasn't actually, I wasn't looking out for that sort of thing, which I sometimes do, but she definitely was, was 80 yard. She was mm-hmm. definitely 80 yard. I could tell that, but I couldn't tell if it was just bad audio they needed to re-record, or if she was uh, maybe like French, and then they just dubbed her over with an American woman, which they've done before in all of these movies. Yeah, for the whole movie, I never noticed it at all. She was wow. very hard 80 yard. Nope, she's from Northern California, so that must have been her voice. I just looked it up. So hmm. never mind. She was definitely 80 yard heavily though. But. Yeah, so Alex is initially untrusting of this, but immediately changes his mind. He's really just like, his shtick is, I'm going to be a stick in the mud for the sake of interpersonal conflict. And then he immediately acquiesces just to move the plot forward, where they're like, we need to go take out Zhang. He's like, absolutely not. And they're like, fine, we'll go it alone. He's like, I'm coming too. You need and me. <laughs> that is that is it. So, um we find out that um, Alex's girlfriend works for Nigel Griffith, um, and she's initially un, uh, unbelieving of the story, believing that Griffith is a upstanding businessman. But she starts trying to snoop around where she is uh, confronted by uh, Kara, mm. um, who is not in office-appropriate attire, who <laughs> is in, like, dominatrix gear, just black leather from head to toe and snooping around the offices confronting people. Uh, but, um, and then we also get reintroduced to uh, Philip Chan, uh, Bloodsport fame, who played Inspector Chen. Yep. Which, when I recognize him, like, he, I need to look this dude up. And he has got such an interesting backstory. He was a member of the Royal Hong Kong Police Force as an actual police inspector and was wow. in charge of this huge bank heist, like the first of its kind bank heist in Hong Kong, and was also part of a Hong Kong boy band and what? then helped finance <laughs> a movie about a Hong Kong inspector who foils a drug bust, like it foils this like big drug trade that becomes a hit, and he decides, like, I am going to go into the entertainment industry now after this. And he was like a huge celebrity detective in Hong Kong that then became an actor. Wow. And he plays... The number of roles he plays an Inspector Chan or an Inspector Chen in is significant. Um, there's, I, I looked it up. There's probably about eighteen to twenty roles where he is just Inspector Chan, Inspector Chen, Steve Chan, Edward Chan. Um, Going back to 1983, Chang Xing Fung. Yeah, 
and all the way up to he's still acting. He's he's. I mean, I I feel like whoever edited his Wikipedia page is being extremely fl- flatter. What's the word? They're, they're flattering him. Flattering. Yeah. They're they're um. It's very much written by a a uh, Philip Chan uh, fanboy here, but he's he's been involved in the film industry um for decades now in various roles, producing and acting and writing and everything. Um. Wow. So well, he was in hard boiled he and a show Cop, called so. uh-huh. He he hosted a show called Kick Ass Girls. <laughs> the story of a group of promiscuous yet level headed women who fall into troubles in the fighting world. He was mm. in Pom Pom, The Return of Pom Pom, and Mr. Boo Meets Pom Pom as <laughs> Inspector Chan and in all three of those. This also is wild. In an episode of Dallas. So he Occasionally made the uh, the American audience uh, as well, but it's what this guy is like in one part of the country or the world, like one of the hugest celebrities ever, and I know him from two Jean Claude Van Damme flicks. Uh huh. <laughs> That's this, a, mo- this movie is a who's who of like deep dives. Yeah, and yet somehow it's, Al Leong isn't in this, which is disappointing. He's in every. Crazy action movie in the 80s and 90s and here's one set in hong kong and they're like no we don't need the most prolific asian henchman of the era in this movie he would fit right in too he was in death warrant um the year before which is another van damme movie where that takes place in the canadian prison colony thing uh we'll get there man when do we uh we have the boat scene. That also, Alex owns a boat, too? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got to be... I mean, I thought initially he was a fisherman, but he is just in, into all sorts of shady shit, like... Smuggling uh, in Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Flipping, flipping uh, luxury cars for cash. Um, but, you know, it, it, as, as will happen, uh, the authorities have had their eyes on him for a while, so... He's used to this. He he goes to elude the cops, but he's got a slow ass boat, and so his brother and Frankie help him out by dumping them into the ocean and shooting them, because uh, nothing oh, yeah. will stop the cops. <sighs> Quite like two Mercedes with a slate fire on top of them. All, that, uh, they can't go around them. They're in the water. They can't go around flaming cars that are going to sink. Also, the '80s cars just blow up. Yep, got to remember yeah. that. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite things he's about a good this shot. scene Hit the gas tank, man. is uh, if you notice Chad, the shirt that he's wearing is pleated. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> but along the shoulder line, it's a pleated dress shirt. That's right, yeah. Insane. I've never seen a pleated shirt. I loved it. I want one now. So He's, he's going on this, like, this illegal vehicle <laughs> and cigarette exchange. Dressed in a tie and a pleated button-up dress shirt. It's beautiful. I don't know what he thought he was preparing for for this, but uh, yeah, it's it's this is how they prove their metal, and um, they're able to uh, to convince uh, Alex that they have the stuff to go attack uh, Zhang's drug shipment, which they they find out about from. Uh, One of these Zhang, guys, Zhang, confusing Alex and Chad. Oh, that's right. 
And so they bring Chad in, and they bring him to a remote area, and they essentially strong-arm him into being the... Uh, using his boat to ship drugs, and he tells... He, you, you see the cigar box that has uh, his his parents' initials on it from earlier in the movie, and uh, somehow... He somehow knows. Somehow Chad puts two and two together. He sees the the three letters on there, and he's like, this was my dad's cigar box, and he tells him to fuck off. And so uh, he gets the shit beat out of him by Bolo Young, and uh, in revenge, they... Eh, somewhat in revenge, but also um, they at least know where the where the drop-off is going to happen, so they, they attack it, and um, a ridiculous and fun shootout ensues. Uh, One Van Damme, Alex is rolling on the ground while shooting. He's flipping from his feet onto his back. He is, Alex is all drama. He is just any sort of ridiculous sort of um, extra thing I can do in the middle of this action sequence. I'm going to drink a glass of whiskey and then crush the glass in my hand and throw it. <laughs> I was about to say that was my favorite <laughs> scene of the entire movie. That one? Is it, oh. Yeah, dude, they're doing nothing but drinking Johnny Walker Red Label yeah. this entire movie. It, like they must have had some sponsorship, or they didn't give a fuck. But he just he just crushes it, and then crushes it in his hand. And I'm like, why did that just happen? I've got why I've got a glass. The listeners can't see this, but I've got a glass in my hand. I feel like if I were to squeeze this, one, I wouldn't be able to crush it. Two, if I did crush it, it would hurt. Slice, slice so bad. Hospital, brother. <laughs> I would not want to do this I, in the middle of a shootout. I love that scene so much because of how extra it was and just how stupid it how stupid Dude, it was. It is incredibly stupid, which I totally agree with you. I love it too. Like Phil said, this dude is rolling around. He's using two pistols, akimbo. Uh, somebody counted. He shoots sixty shots without ever reloading. As like, was the style at the time. At most, those pistols would have 15 shots apiece. Beautiful. He's rolling around shooting. I love when, for some reason, him and a drug dealer are just literally like across a table from each other. And they they're keep like six feet popping away. up, taking pot shots. They could ju- they see each other when they're crouched. Mm-hmm. They're just tables. <laughs> just shoot him there. But no, they keep pot. Ah, just Dude, beautiful. There are scenes where he empties entire clip. Like, I don't even know if he empties an entire clip, but like there's a dude running at him and he has a pistol in his hand and he unleashes like 13 shots into this guy when like the first two shots would have been sufficient, but he just keeps going. I don't even think he like shoots until he clicks. He just shoots until the dude goes down. And in my head, I was thinking... How many bullets does this gun hold? And then yeah. I then I stopped caring because it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But he killed that dude 17 times before he died. Yeah. So extra. So Alex, Chad, and Frankie retreat to their island uh, abandoned hotel that they <laughs> know about. They find um, this sure. is they need to get out of Dodge because uh, they know where Zhang knows where Alex lives. By the way, Zhang bankrolled. Nigel, that's how Nigel was able that's to to help be a part of the whole um, the whole uh, underground tunnel thing, which I guess is that's the whole impetus for this whole thing is that's part of the Wagner's empire that is theirs for the taking. I guess and so. it's so weird. 
And, like, the girlfriend very rightly goes, like, well, how do you prove this? And he's like, I don't need to prove it. I was there, sweetheart. And she's like, that's not going to hold up in a court of law. And he's just like, well, what's going to hold up in a court of law is their dead bodies flapping on the ground, their jaws blown off. And, like, she walks away. And it's like, she was raising very reasonable arguments that your word. reasonable points. (laughs) And, like, what were they going to get out of this? Like. It's like, what is at stake here? Because from what I understood, it's like the tunnels, what's at stake? Like, I, I didn't it's understand. Not, yeah, it's not like they have, I think too much do about they have it. ownership of the tunnel and now they are going to inherit it? Like, there's no... Is it a I, tall tunnel? Like, he, yeah. He keeps, like, saying it as if you have this this inheritance that was taken from you, but it's there's no real... Like, it's it would be better if it was just a revenge story of... This person was responsible it, it for your parents' <laughs> death. Let's go kill the motherfucker. Uh, yes, they. There was parents' death, but uh, another theme I noticed throughout the movie is that uh, they never give a shit about the mother. That's always like, "You killed my father." Yeah, they only care about <laughs> the father. Their mother got blasted point blank with a shotgun in the face. Yep. You yeah. Yeah. Sh- thanks, Frankie. You, ca- you killed Didn't my give dad. A fuck. Yeah. Pretty rude. But by the end of this movie, like. I'll get to my only problem with this movie later, but uh, by the end of this movie, all of that is just forgotten, and it is just a revenge, like, you killed my parents, It's great. you're gonna die. As it should have been the whole time. Yeah, the whole time, because thinking about it, there was nothing at stake here. They weren't gonna get some riches or anything from this, but that was the, that was the platter that was served up to us, and it didn't make any sense. So, f- following the the drug um, sabotage. They retreat back to to the island compound. Um, the girlfriend, who I forget her name always, is it Daniela? Dan- yeah, or is that Daniela? the actress? Or that, okay. Was, yeah, Alonda Shaw um, was the actress, I think. But yeah, so Danielle is again accosted by um, the dominatrix and in a much aggressively more gra- aggressively um just uncomfortable way of feeling her up and groping her and then she calls up uh trying to get some help and alex uh is not there so chad jumps to the rescue and alerts and the whole thing is being listened to by nigel so by griffiths so they uh meet them at uh at chad's compound and they're trapped and surrounded and i i have this written down my notes uh chad saying seeing them through the fish tank and being like, they've got guns, we're trapped. And he says we're trapped next to the back door that 30 minutes prior (laughs) Alex told them to get out of the first time they met. And then Danielle says there's shows that there's a secret door next to the very visible back door. So there's two back doors to get out of this trap scenario. Um, But they're able to escape, and that's where we get the gratuitous nudity scene while... Alex is envisioning them having sex in his head while he gets progressively drunk on Johnny Walker. I love how... Quick note on this escape scene. Mm -hmm. When he boots... Did you guys notice that when he boots this door open, that it's an escape door that apparently needs to be, like, physically assaulted to open? When he kicks that door open, he kicks it open, and it's clearly to a backstaging area of, like, a lot because it's just (laughs) scaffolding behind it, and then they run into an alley that's just an empty alleyway. It made me laugh 
I did like, not see out that. Loud. I wish I would have. I love seeing the the funny little mistakes. It was so good. <laughs> the uh, so. I I do love this. Alex just goes to the absolute worst possible scenario instantly. I like how he gives no <laughs> uh-huh. one benefit of the doubt. He just automatically assumes that his girlfriend is banging his twin brother. Mm-hmm. And gets incredibly drunk and angry about it. And then we have another beautiful Jean-Claude on Jean-Claude fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, we lacked the ability to do this, but they did some good cutaway shots and they had, uh, they had some good, um, good in quotation marks, but they, they had some standable, (laughs) um, actors, stuntmen to stand in for Van Damme. Uh, so yeah. And I think we'll we'll get to this later, but I think we see one of them towards the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, they end up getting into a fight with each other. Um, Chad runs off into the woods. Alex gets drunk and falls asleep at the beach. Uh, but they were tailed back by Zhang's men, and so they wake up the next morning, and the compound's being raided, and uh, Danielle and Frankie are both kidnapped while. Uh, then we kind of get the final action sequence of of Alex and Chad doing the rescue mission. They have to team up together after having this big fight. Of course. And go to the shipyard and rescue their loved ones. So, yeah. We also have a uh, Lee Kara in her helicopter. Mm-hmm. One of my my some reconnaissance. favorite henchmen ever is just kind of casually walking around throughout all this and he accosts Chad and Alex at one point in the club. He's the the guy with the giant leather duster. Mm-hmm. And the long hair, that guy's, that's a good, that's a good bad guy. I think he's listed as bodyguard with spurs. That was, yeah. Oh, yeah, when he, like, slits the dude's throat with with the spur, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, the poor. But he was so random in that squad. It's, like, him, who actually <laughs> looks like he's capable of stuff, mm-hmm. Bolo, and then all of these super incompetent, like, ja- like Chinese businessmen looking motherfuckers that like don't look like they can fight their way out of a paper bag and they they, they can't they they, can't, yeah. they are cannon <laughs> yeah. fodder in every sense of the word as they just get gunned down mercilessly throughout i'm pretty sure they and just you know reuse the same capable. ones yeah and you know that he's capable because he does have like that those a couple of one liners like oh the scars are healing up really nicely huh like just those maybe not one liners but slick little like he's trying to be jabs. intimidating and yeah. he also has uh one of the only people that can probably speak english so they give him lines <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> he was probably part of the crew if we're going to be completely honest <laughs> like yo guy. get in there do some lines you're going to kick a dude in the throat jean claude's like do some lines what <laughs> I get the lines. No, Jean-Claude, bad guys have to have them too. Ah. No, no, we're going to go in the back. There's a Coke joke. We're going to do some lines off of this uh, this tie stripper. <laughs> I didn't oh get that. Oh, my God. The final action sequence takes place at the shipyard uh, where they each get their own kind of one-on-one fight scene, which I thought was... So, Karate Guy with Spurs and Alex fight in this kind of interesting-looking shadow match where Karate Guy with Spurs is, like, jumping in and out of the camera's shadows, which I don't feel like would work really well in real life, but from a camera angle, 
it looks kind of cool. Uh, and then Alex punches a hole in the wall and letting lights in, and then he can actually see him. And he just punches him in the face like five times. It's a very anticlimactic finish. Uh, yeah. Chad, Chad gets a little bit of a better one-on-one fight with uh, Bolo, Bolo Young. Love that death uh, scene. Yeah, where he he keeps kicking him into the uh, into the back. No, that Whoa. was my cat. Oh, that was my cat trying to <laughs> climb up into a closet full of canned goods, and uh, he's 15 years old, and he can't jump Aww. like he used to. Aw, so, poor Kiki. Is he okay? Uh, he's fine. He spooked because the other cat was down here too, and uh, he got spooked as well. So they're very nice interested dude. what I'm doing down here. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. What? Well, well, we're talking about Chad kicking somebody's ass. Oh, Bolo Youngs. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the big it's the big uh final fight um between the two of them. This is and after after both Jeffrey Lewis and uh and Danielle have been kidnapped and have been Jeffrey's getting hit with a with a just a hose that shoots steam out, which oh, yeah. I get would be extraordinarily painful, but also what's the purpose of the steam hose? Like where that's that's an interesting torture device slash tool to have on a ship yes uh although i will i i have worked with steam hoses before never in this situation and i they are for certain things so like i work in the biotech industry and we have Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with like what they brew beer in giant steel vats and to clean those you have to clean them with like a soap and water solution that gets sprayed in and then you have to sterilize them with steam and uh, we had these big flexible pipes that we would connect on this. It was like an old phone switchboard, uh, but they were very, very thick. Uh, and it was, dude, it's scalding hot to touch. There's no way they're holding a pipe and shooting steam out of it or a hose. He, There's no way. I mean, he's selling it, but very the makeup well. the makeup does not sell it because they pan out and he's fine. He does not look like he's been hit with scalding hot steam for not at all. 30 seconds uh and then and then they decide to leave and go attend to the wagner brothers but they leave the rapey dude behind to attend to danielle and that's the dude who from the back looks exactly like jcbd so i'm guessing he was a stunt double probably uh and he gets his ass kicked very very quickly and thoroughly um and then it's it's again they split off to do one-on-ones uh chad follows Nigel with uh with Danielle and then Alex follows Zhang and they have this uh this fight on top of this crane where where Zhang pulls out a sword and gets his uh hand run through a that set was of a cool ass scene which was really cool. I always yeah. remember that. It's a really really cool scene. He like dodges and puts it and uh, like they cut quick. Uh it looks really nicely done like effects wise i'm i still don't know really how they did it i'm assuming right. it had to be fake gears but yeah after the effects i mean they have like this like bloody yeah and, it's not that but is not it's good. not it if that went through a, a big set of gears that it would that be hand would hamburger be, yeah <laughs> at, at one point his arm was about as long as his entire body Oh, so that's like, probably what they did. Due to, like, prosthetic? Did yeah, you see that? Yeah, they probably just had, like, a fake arm that they ran through the actual gears. Oh, and, okay. That's how fake, they did it. Not fake gears that they ran an actual arm through. The other way around. That would, that would be way easier to do that, especially in the 80s. They would not make elaborate <laughs> fake gear. What am I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. 
Anyways, yeah, that that is a really cool scene. Although it, how did he? How does he blind John, uh, Alex? He uses the fire extinguisher. He That's like, shoots right. him in, shoots him in the face with the the fire extinguisher, and instead of using more of it, which it it's, has a fantastic effect, like he is incapacitated. So what does he do? He throws it at him, and it falls to the <laughs> ground like a hundred feet. Um, so. That was a really funny scene of the cuts between like it would cut to him like going like this, and then a very delayed like it clearly wasn't coming from his hands kind of like cut back to Alex. It, it that kind of cracked me he up. He also Both, like when he hit him with the butt of it yeah. and yeah. threw it at his when face. When he hit him with the butt so of it, it was very like Triple H sledgehammer like he has the hand. Yes. R- it was so it mm. was, I was like, "Oh, that's a wrestling move." <laughs> they did that yeah. a lot with um they did a similar filming effect whenever Van Dam kicks somebody, they do like the kick action and then they would do a a quick cut to a foot striking a face and then back to the full van damme spin kick and they would never never actually and for obvious reason because you're not gonna kick someone directly in the face but it's a bit of a tell there there was one too when uh chad's fighting bolo young where like they didn't cut it well, and you can see he's just totally like a yeah. mile in front of his face. And I was like, "Yeah, there we then, go, I love it." And then it just cuts to like a disembodied foot, <laughs> like striking Bolo Young, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally already whiffed past his face. And then it cuts to, "Oh, we actually hit." Yeah, that was great. I love this. Oh. I also Chad- don't know how mm-hmm. Alex gets Zang. Like, all right, so he cuts his, he gets his hand in the gears, and then I just remember he's, like, laying on top of the... This, like, conveyor belt thing. Yeah, like, I don't know how that happened. It's very Double Dragon-ish, where you got these conveyor belts in very opportune places to uh, put bad guys on, and then he turns the conveyor belt on, and the friction causes him to fall down and drop 100 feet to his death. Uh, Meanwhile, Alex... uh, no, Chad and Danielle are, are chasing Nigel, who is, again, in tight corridors with a gun and deciding not to take advantage of of the opportunity, uh, but is able to run away from them, get into a shipping uh, container vehicle, and traps them at the end of a pier and drives them off the edge. Danielle is able to get stuffed into a tight little corner but uh, but Chad dives off the pier, and Nigel lifts the the whole um, forklift up, so he can sit underneath the forklift and shoot into the water. Yeah, and then Van Dam somehow is able to circle around, get in the vehicle, and then drop the shipping container on top of Nigel in the span of about sixty seconds, I'd say. I also don't know, like, what Accurate? is the threatening part here? He's pushing him towards the water. Can he not swim? Like, what yeah. is the big fucking deal here? It's again, it's supposed to be threatening, but why? It's not. And then the movie ends. So this is where, like, my my only complaint about the movie is that the last 25 minutes of this movie was too long. <laughs> like, there is a lot of these scenes where I'm just like, what is the fucking point of this scene? Like at that point that you're referencing right now, as soon as like I see them getting closer to the water, I'm like, I've already seen him jump off a pier and swim onto a boat and get onto the boat like 
next I don't know what it is about action movies and the heroes getting into the water and coming out like just damp instead of soaking wet. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I've already seen him go into the water. Um I feel like this movie would have been so much better if one, they cut out that ridiculously stupid sex scene and just tighten this down to like one thirty instead of like one forty five. I think it's one forty five, yeah. Yeah. They had but, they had all Less these. of that, more of the bolo fight, maybe? Well, I just, I feel like if they could have put maybe some of the henchmen deaths earlier in the film, because they get yeah. to the end of the film and they've got Karate Spurs guy, and they've got Miss Olympia, and they've got Bolo Young, and they've got Zang, Rapist. and they've got Nigel. Like, and Rapist yeah. was just like a side dude they need to yeah. kill. But they had five, they had three henchies and two bad bad guys, two bosses, and one of the henchies is like a, a mini boss with Bolo Young, and they have to cram all these different fight scenes and chase scenes into the span of the final act, and yeah. if they would have killed off Spurs guy in the second act, or something, at least try to, like, pare down the number of confrontations you have in the final act, that'd be great. You, you know what's bad when you mentioned rape, like rapey guy. I hadn't even noticed him this entire movie. So to me, it's bad when I see this guy come out of nowhere and make some slimy comment. I think he still and does. in my head, I go, who is this guy? I think he does come out of nowhere, really. He's yeah. just another bad guy there at the point because he gets enough screen time to be a rapist instead of a guy shot immediately with gun. Right. He shot gets, killed just for Kara to drop in and Chun Li his head. Yeah, yeah. He gets you know? he gets a line of something of like it'll feel good, and then also Chad kills him. Was Kara just hanging out there watching him about to rape her and just waiting? Because she does drop down out of nowhere. That is true. I didn't yeah. think about that. Of like, what is the mechanics? What is the logistics of waiting? Uh, to watch this scene play out so that you can drop down and choke. She must be up there on the pipes like Spider-Man, just like, yeah, get it. (laughs) Listen, she's waiting her turn, man. (laughs) She hit all she was into Danielle. She she is. Okay. Credit to this film. You don't see a lot of female rapists in uh, action movies. So um, (laughs) good job on breaking boundaries, I guess. Equality. (laughs) But um much like your guys' movie last week, this movie just ends. And yeah. that's like that's a very Van Damme, it's a very 80s action movie. Um, even like Karate Kid did this where you have the final confrontation, the heroes win, and there's a, a look at the camera and like a thumbs up and then credits. And... I was really <laughs> shocked that Frank didn't die to Bolo as like another driving factor for the revenge. Like I feel that was another missed... Sort of thing, because yeah. all four main characters are fine. They come out yep. and they, they do almost like, hey, we did it. Ta-da. Listen, if Frank dies there, I want that entire ending sequence to be a prolonged Bolo fight where you got you got Chad fighting Bolo for like 10 minutes. He starts getting overcome. And then I want Alex to come that in. That would have been Bolo's fighting both of them like at the end of Phantom Menace, and you got Darth Maul fighting those two motherfuckers, but I don't need any, like, plasma walls trapping one of them in. Nah, I want both of them going Hamtown on Bolo. It would have been, it would have added to the mystique of uh, Moon, Bolo Young's character, yeah. too. It, man, 
We should have been writing Jean Claude Van Damme movies, guys. We missed. Yes. Instead, missed he's taken piece. down by like an electrical box. I know. It's. I also don't. They didn't do very much fight choreography for this flick. Uh, Which Van Damme was in charge of the fight yeah, choreography. And, and I it can felt believe like it. It felt there was a lot of just retread of things I had seen in Bloodsport. Mm hmm. And also, I don't know if. Yeah. Is this the same director as Bloodsport or Kickboxer? Because I feel Let- this guy. Is super into uh, Sheldon Ledich. Sheldon Ledich, I think, did one of those, possibly both. He did Lionheart. It was Lionheart, okay. In Bloodsport, no, no, Bloodsport. Uh, he did the screenplay. For. Okay, because Lionheart's not great. I know. It's okay. Oh, he just did the screenplay for Lionheart as well. This movie is super into close-ups, man. Every character mm-hmm. has very long close-ups. And even on, like, a lot of the fight scenes, it's sort of that shit that you see in a lot of 90s and 2000s fights where, like, everything's sort of so close you can't distinguish really what's happening. Like you said, like, he'll show the move, but then we, like, the actual impact is, like, cut up real close and it doesn't have the same weight, I guess. It's... Oh, shoot. Okay, I'm looking up Simon Ledich. He directed only the strong, which is one of my favorites. It's the uh, it's the movie that I have nominated for Beer Me a Movies uh, um, user nomination month. Is there um, another Jean Claude? Nice. It is no. It is Mark DeCascos of okay. of uh, Iron Chef America fame. I love that guy. He was back when he was an actor, and he is a. Uh, he is a capoeira uh, dancer who okay. comes yeah. back to inner city Florida to teach a bunch of no good teenagers um, how to dance fight their way to um, a better future. I love this so. poster. I love this guy in uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, man. Oh, Jeffrey Lewis is in this too? He's in Only in the Strong as well. Holy it's been a shit. while since I've seen it. Yeah, he's yeah, totally a, listed in there. Wow. Okay. It's a great I'm one. Watch the heck out so, of this movie. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll keep nominating it until it gets picked. Uh, <laughs> so eventually, uh, we'll get there. I do have I have a question for you two guys. Uh, mm-hmm. So this movie is obviously a Jean Claude Van Damme flick. There's a lot of fight scenes slash kills executions. Uh, yeah. I want to. Do you guys have a favorite Jean Claude Van Damme kill or? In this movie or in any movie? In this one specifically. Okay. Because I have one and I can kind of go first and then give you guys a little time. Although it's sort of quick, but uh, I love when Alex, when they're doing the infiltration of the drug area, and there's Uh the guy that's like shuffling cards and Alex is like slowly creeping up to him. And when he finally gets there, it's like the gentlest neck snap I've ever seen. He just sort of (laughs) touches his forehead and... It's cracked. Cracks it back. Yeah, be- and then he just sort of throws him at Chad. It's beautiful. I like during the scene, kind of the wrap up after Frankie and Danielle have been kidnapped and they're they're killing all the henchmen that are still left on the island. Uh, Chad is sneaking up on a dude in the jungle and he throws a stick into the bush to distract him. But but he knows what's up, so he pretends, like the henchman pretends that he's going to inspect it, and then turns around to where Van Damme was to to see where Van Damme, to try and shoot at him, but Van Damme's not there, and so Van Damme sneaks up behind him and 
kicks him in the head. Uh, um, yeah, gives him the double loop de loop, man. Yeah, Van Dam figured out his ruse of a ruse and turned that ruse <laughs> around on him again. It was beautiful. One hundred percent. I think you guys honestly got like the. the Two of the only, and I don't even know if that was a kill, but two of the only really good air quotes kills that he had in this movie. It was very lackluster for him actually annihilating people for, you know, there being two Jean-Claude Van Dams. Um, So I'm going to go back to Cowboy Boot, dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is a little bit of a cheat, but this was my favorite kill of the movie Mm -hmm. was when they showed up at Alex's Mahjong place. Yeah. And they get out of the vehicles. You got Kara get out and then you got cowboy cowboy boot dude get out. And I was like, wow, look at them spurs. That's so random. So random to be walking around in Hong Kong like that. And then the guy that's behind the counter, he gets punched in the face and then he gets kicked in the face and he brings his leg back and slits his throat with the spur it's a nice touch like, that was that yeah. was awesome i just noticed those spurs and immediately they paid off that was cool <laughs> check off spurs uh-huh and that's check off spurs <laughs> that's how his character is listed in the credits is just like dude with spurs or mm-hmm. henchman with spurs yeah. I forget exactly what it was but yeah the spurs are the spurs are the star of his character yep uh, uh, I was gonna say, uh, well, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually gonna use this for my rankings. Oh, okay. I was just gonna ask. Uh, I feel like we probably are gonna wrap up here. Uh, Phil, do you have any more notes uh, that you w- would like to single out? I've got, I've got a quiz. I've got a game for you oh, guys. Oh, okay. But otherwise, um, I can do a, I can do a rating before we get there, though. I will. We'll, we'll yeah, do a ra- the ratings first. Yeah. Okay. How about? Uh, I will ask Kyle. Kyle, you can ask Phil. Phil can ask me, or uh, uh, wrap that around however way you like want to do it. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Okay. Actually, this is fitting, Kyle. You brought this up earlier, but I did find the exact goof uh, on IMDb. I found in the goof section uh-huh. during the first shootout, Alex fires at least sixty rounds from two ten-round Berettas without reloading. Kyle, if you had two ten-round Berettas in your hand. And you are going to fire at least 60 rounds at this movie to prove how much you love this movie. Gotcha. Out of at least 60 rounds. <laughs> I'm not going to. See, I'm not going to narrow it down to specifics. Yeah. But out of at least 60 rounds, how many are you shooting at this movie to prove how much you like this movie? Uh, so out of 60. Without reloading. Without re- Of course, without reloading. I thought that was said without being yeah. said. At least 60. Um, I would shoot. I'm going to say an. 45, 45 out of 60. It's not my favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. I do like it. It is ridiculous throughout. It was enjoyable as hell to watch. Um, But I feel overall action-wise, it is sort of lackluster for a Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's very gun-heavy. So Mm -hmm. not not the greatest. I would have preferred more of like a Bloodsport or a Kickboxer. But I think, you know... He's mentioned himself he's trying to get away from that sort of thing, which I don't know why. That's not what anybody wants to see, Jean-Claude. We we want to see you kick dudes in the face. So, uh, Yeah, dude. But yeah, it's it's still overall enjoyable as hell. I had a fucking blast watching this one. I, I laughed so much. I'm sure I like it for different reasons. You shouldn't be laughing at some of these things, but they're just so ridiculous and silly now. It's still enjoyable as hell to watch, so. Yeah, 45 feels fair. It's not bad. 
Mm-hmm. Phil. Yeah. If you were on a uh, a fishing catamaran and there were okay. two illegally imported Mercedes and those Mercedes were filled <laughs> in the in the trunk, they had tons of just cartons of cigarettes. Let's say between one to a hundred cartons of cigarettes. Uh, okay, I'm picturing how, this. How many cartons of cigarettes would you rate Double Impact? With a hundred being, of course, the best possible. I'm giving this eighty-three cartons yeah. of cigarettes. I feel seventeen of them are um, either off-brand or maybe they got dumped in the escape attempt um, and are now wet and useless. Uh, but overall, the majority of the cigarettes are uh, useful and quite enjoyable. Uh, I this was this is again this is my third favorite Van Damme movie. Behind uh, the holy, the holy duology. Uh, that's, that's not a word of uh, blood sport and kickboxer. It is now. I fucking love duology. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, but it's like, oh, how do you beat two Van Dams? It's uh, it's a hilarious, it's a ridiculous premise uh, that was slated to be the Corsican brothers. Um, retold through the muscles from Brussels, and uh, it turned into this. So, also, it would become yeah. a recurring uh, theme throughout Jean Claude's film career: the uh, playing multiple roles. So, yeah, yeah. There's a few. There's a few of them. There's a time cop yeah. and at least a couple more. But yeah, eighty-three. There's one, called, there's one called Replicant, where I think he plays a clone of himself. Uh, and I like, was just thinking of that movie earlier. Yeah, because I'm watching this show called uh, Bacon It. Have you seen? Have you heard of Bacon It? No. It's basically a game show where they're all baking cakes and stuff. Uh-huh. And so uh, there's this one where they exploded a cake, and they said, "Now you gotta replicate this cake." And they did nothing but make stupid replicate jokes and like replicant. Like it was ridiculous. And I was like, "Man, isn't there a movie called Replicant?" And it turns out it's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. I think it has Michael Rooker in it Damn. as, like, the grizzled... Because uh, I, th- I think, again, a weird trope, Van Damme playing a clone is a very childlike, new to this world, I don't know how to react, and Michael Rooker is the grizzled old man who is teaching this clone how to be a human. It's a, it's a bizarre movie. I've only seen it once, uh, and it was a very long time ago. It will likely not make this list <laughs> of action movie Decembers. We'll see. Unless we're doing this into our 60s. I, I'm watching this trailer right now, and this may just be a movie that I'd watch and rec. Oh, man, that is a sweet move. This might be a movie that I would just recommend watching and having you come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do it for a non-van- non-action movie December month. Or for an- whatever. I wanted to do it last year, and I just... Life happens sometimes. I do want to try a plan it next year to have you back on in July for because it's Christmas in July. Action movie, mm-hmm. bring them back. So hey. we'll see. Uh, yeah, I love me some action movie December. Yeah. Sean and so like I, Sean and I were action movie half December off camera and microphone earlier. I texted him and I was like, "Dude, action movie December is such a better month than stoner movie September." It is. It really is. Yeah, so much better. So great. It it helps that the. 
the amount of action There's movies a, is so much deeper than yes. the amount of stoner movies. That's that's what's really taking effect. And they're effect, wildly so. better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. The movies are wildly the better. The shittiest a action bad movie. bad action movie, yeah, is Still so much way better, better than a bad stoner movie. A thousand leagues, so. I don't know, everybody. One might be retired in the near future, but. <laughs> there's not many more mm, there's movies not. to watch that I want to watch, yeah, dude. I know. It's I'm, it's I'm the want to watch them because exactly. it's it's kind of running into the same thing that the Kate podcasters ran into. Of there's a lot of comic book movies out there, but they're not ones that you want to watch. Mm-mm. So yeah, let's just like I don't ever want to go into a month resenting doing this. Yeah, exactly. And like exactly. If it gets to a point where I'm just co- like watching trash, I don't. <laughs> And not yeah. for enjoyable re- Like, I can watch Trash, but yeah. Mm. I do not want to watch the Eagle, Evil Bong 5. <laughs> like, I was excited to sit down and watch this today. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, this was nice. Um, so, Shawnee Boy. Yeah, I was going to say Philly. Yo. Um, this movie was made for $15 million, and it grossed a little over $30 million. So, it made its nut back. Uh, Made a profit. This was a profitable movie. Uh, so I want to know on a scale of, of one to thirty million dollars, uh, where where would you rate this in your your action movie December, your your Jean-Claude Van Damme, your JCV Dinas uh scale. Am I giving you a numerical amount here? A numerical amount from one okay. from zero to thirty million. I will give this movie, you know what? If it was okay, if it was made for fifteen million, mm-hmm. like in this world, it grossed thirty million. It, it, you know, it made thirty million. I would say, like in my world, I think it would probably only gross. It would probably only gross like twenty three to twenty four million. Yeah. I think. You know, it's still making a profit. It was good. It was a lot of fun. Halfway through the movie, I was thinking to myself, this is completely different than Commando. It's completely <laughs> different than uh, Escape from New York. This is like the kind of action movie I loved watching as a kid, going back to like the Jackie Chan movies, a lot of a lot of kicks, a lot of punches, a lot of like chase scenes. It was just a lot of fun. Until it became gun heavy, and it was a weird mixture of the two. Mm-hmm. So by the end of it, I was I kept checking the time at about twenty minutes, and then at fifteen minutes, and at ten minutes. I'm like, this has got to be ending soon. Uh-huh. Like this is the end of the movie. This has to be ending soon. So at that point, it did fall off a little bit for me, but I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It does make me want to just spend a weekend just watching. JCVD, JCVD movies all weekend. And pumping iron. And just pumping iron. <laughs> and like, seriously, halfway through the movie, I was lifting weights because I felt like a piece of Getting shit. Getting the reps, dog. Yeah. I only, I only put in 10 per arm per activity, <laughs> so like, I didn't care that much, but <laughs> it, it was good. I love this movie. Well, I guess I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. Enjoyed a it. Sure. I, yeah. That's what yeah. I would say. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie watching it. I would not say love, but I would not be upset to turn around and watch Double Impact again. I can say that comfortably. No. So Exactly. We'll see. I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't change the channel if this was on and I just walked into a yeah. room. I wouldn't change the channel. I'm but, looking forward to catching Hard Target because I feel like that might supplant Double Impact in as in my number three slot but we'll we'll get there next year 
Or in July. Is that GIF that you replied to Paul with from Hard yes. Impact? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that, that scene alone is he's, better than this entire He pulls movie. off a rattlesnake <laughs> tail. <laughs> like it's yeah, a he grenade. Sets a, That's amazing. He sets a trap because he's being chased through the bayou. So he uh, sets this trap with a rattlesnake, but he bites the rattlesnake's tail off so that the snake won't be detected. Incredible. And that the snake is incredible. bites one of the bad guys. Yeah, ah, it's great. Beautiful. <laughs> we will get there very soon. But before we do. That, if, if that snake killed him, if that snake killed him, it is better than any kill scene in this entire movie. <laughs> we'll get there. But before we so, go there, there, like I said, we have mm. to end here, unfortunately. And can, again, I, can I do my game? Can I give Oh, my yeah, game? we do I have to do the game. I keep forgetting. Goddamn. Let's do this game. I had, I had linked you a gigantic article, which if you didn't read, I, I'm not going to be sad about because it was 10,000 words long, if not more. I did uh, read it. You did? Okay. So, um, former writer Bill Simmons, uh, podcast mogul Bill Simmons, wrote a, an action movie title belt story about eight years ago where he kind of went through modern action movies from the 60s through the 2000s and, and kind of who was the the biggest action stars of the given day. And, and Van Damme never ranked among the top nope. in his, but his... In the 1992, or excuse me, 94 to 96 era, when Schwarzenegger was releasing True Lies and Eraser and uh, Last Action Hero and those ones, he he had ranked, Simmons had ranked Van Damme as the second biggest action star in that era. And, and he writes, in the mid-90s, the muscles from Brussels was cranking out action movies like Peter North cranked out porn. <laughs> and he says, let's mix up titles of Van Damme's seven releases from 93 through 96 with Peter North movies from the same time frame. And there are a few of like he gives out ones like The Booty Guard and um, what's another one that's very obvious? Uh, splattered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... I want to do ones... Oh, Quantum Deep is uh, another one. So I want it to be a little bit less obvious. So I've got my own JCVD or Peter North game on there, which I went through Peter North's extensive IMDb history. 1,626 credits on IMDb for Jesus. Peter North. Porn guys really crank uh, out crank out the features. It's it's impressive so i want i'm gonna name off 10 movies okay and i want to hear from you guys um whether this is a jcbd movie or a peter north movie roger and see how you guys do the first one of which is uh tarnished night spelled k-n-i-g-h-t tarnished night jean-claude that's gotta be a jean-claude i feel i don't know the why a porno would ever have that name. So I, I will also say Jean-Claude. That is Peter North. God damn it. That is a Peter North. What? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. This is, this is going to be a hard one. Okay. Number two. Pound of Flesh. Pound of Flesh. I feel like it's tr a trick. I got to say. that's Okay. So that one I'm going to say is definitely Jean-Claude because it... It leans towards violence, whereas mm -hmm. Knight with a K N I T, it doesn't really. You could be like a white knight, whatever. This pound of flesh, he's taking a pound of flesh from somebody who wronged him. I mean, and I'd, fucking them with it. That's why I, I feel like <laughs> pounding flesh is going to make me think Peter North in porno, 
but it's a root. It's got. It's got to be Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, you guys. You guys sniffed that one out good. Woo! <laughs> okay. <clears throat> number number three, double play. We've got double impact. I know we got double impact. Is this another one of the got, uh, double Jean Claude's? We've got double team with uh, with uh, Dennis Rodman and JCVD. I do know JCVD likes to to mine the wells of uh, what works for him, but I do I, I'm going to say Peter North. This has got to be a porno. I'm going to stay with Jean Claude because I feel like Phil's going a little heavy handed to make us not guess Jean Claude, so I'm going to go with Jean Claude. Mm. Kyle, it is a Peter North movie. All right, I got two. Ugh. Okay. And Kyle's got a two one lead here. Okay. Uh, number four is Knock Off. That's Jean Claude. Knock yeah, Off. That's Jean Claude. Knock Jean-Claude. Off with uh, starring Jean Claude and. Yes. Do you know who uh, was the. Uh, is it. No. You can do it. Oh, is it Rob Schneider? <laughs> Rob Schneider had this era in the 90s. I remember because he was in Judge Dredd, too. He's in Judge Dredd. He's in Demolition Man. Do you need a bad comedic sidekick to your action hero? Oh, There's Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider schnucks. Ugh. Sucks. Rob uh-huh. Schneider schnucks. Rob Schneider schnucks. God damn. I would watch this movie, though. I'm not going to lie. Rob uh, Schneider is a carrot. Number five. Monaco forever. Oh, Peter North. I'm going to break with Sean here. I feel like that would be a Jean-Claude flick. Kyle taking the commanding 4-2 lead right now. Monaco forever, where Van Damme plays the character of Gay Karate Man. In 1984, this is one of Van Damme's earliest credits as Gay Karate Man. Speaking of, just a quick note. Uh... Flagrant use of the F slur in this movie, by the way. Yeah, Twice. Alex. Yep. I heard it Alex like five times. Yeah, Alex calls Chad that at mm. least like three times. But yeah, continue on, please, sir. All right. Again, uh-huh. the completely random Louis Vuitton bag loading into the abandoned <laughs> hotel. Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? He had to carry his underwear. Underwear. Number six, canned heat. Mm, that's, canned heat. That's, it's got to be Peter. North. Okay, canned heat. That's definitely a, a booty porn flick. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, Peter North here. He's hitting her in the can. It's heat that has been canned. Yeah, I say Peter North too. You guys are getting it. You guys are starting to get it. Is so it? That is a Peter. That is a 1996 Peter North. Woo! Film. Got five, baby. Staying alive. Mm-hmm. All anal. Five to three. <laughs> Kyle's anal. up. Number seven. Swelter. Swelter. I'm going Peter North as well. I also am going to go Peter North. I got you fuckers good this time. Woo! That is that is a 2014. No, no, don't woo. That is a 2014 John claude oh. Van Damme movie. Damn. Swelter. Oh, Boo. Which I had never heard of, but I I've, I saw that on the list. I've not heard of the last porn. three Van Dams you've heard. I've heard of all the Peter <laughs> no. Norths. I haven't. I haven't. Monaco Forever, I thought was going to be a parody of like Monica Lewinsky, <laughs> and it was going to be like some presidential thing. That's why I went Peter North. Nice. Number eight, French Doll. Peter North. 
I, oh, you know I've got to go no. JCVD. That's yeah. got to be Jean-Claude. Because of this weird Yeah, he was French. raised in France. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's Raised what, in France, banked all the girls. That's why I thought it would make an amazing trick question. Oh. That is a Peter North movie. Damn. Damn. Damn it. <laughs> that was a good trick question. Then you, you duped us. Uh-huh. Duped us, sir. It is still one, two, three, four, five, six, six to four, Kyle's lead. Uh, there is a bonus round, so you can make up some points here, Sean, if you don't quite get it. But number nine is sure bet. That's got to That's Jay Feet. That's John Claude. That's got to be sure bet. It's okay, a sure I bet. I got a break here. I'm gonna say Peter North because I got to make up some points here. Sean, with the strategic ah. choice to gain a point on Kyle, five to four. Sure bet is a 1996 Peter North film, Co- fil- filmed in the same year as Canned Heat. You got to crank along them out. with about. 12 to 18 other films in that year. Nice. Uh, and the final one of the first round is Full Love. Full Love. Is that JCVD or Peter North? I'll say Peter North on that one. I'm going to... Man, even though I, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, I'm going JCVD. Shawnee Boy ties it up. Oh, we shit! We got a tie game going into go, the lightning baby. round. It is five to five. Six to six, excuse me. So the bonus round is worth two points each. I'm going to give you four all in a row. Two of these are JCVD. Two of these are Peter North. You guys need to sniff out which is which. Okay, okay. Uh, We've got the Hardcore, spelled C-O-R-P-S, Hard to Hold, Hard Evidence, and Hard Target. Very nice. All right. Hard Target is Jean-Claude. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of... Uh, What was the third one? Hard Evidence. Uh, and then hard to hold, hard to hold, hard, and the hardcore. I'm going to say hard to hold is also Jean Claude. Hardcore is Peter North in a uh, army parody, and hard. What's the other evidence? One? Hard evidence. Hard evidence is also Peter North in a lawyer flick. <laughs> Peter North okay. in a lawyer flick. <laughs> nice. I hope that's. I'm what gonna it is. go. Hard evidence is the other JCVD movie. Okay. So Peter North, Peter North. Um, let's see, what do we have here? The Hardcore, you both said Peter North. That is a JCVD movie. Damn it, damn it. 2006. Oh. Uh, hard to Hold, Kyle said JCVD, Sean said Peter North. Sean takes the lead on this one. That is a Peter North film. Hard Evidence, Kyle said Peter North. Sean said JCBD. That is a Peter North 1996 film filmed in the same year as Canned Heat and Sure Bet Hard Evidence. And you both get JC, you both get Hard Target right. So that is a still tie. tie. I don't have any more. I could I could go find a whole lot more. Ah. Um, final one, final lightning round. Uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru. <laughs> JCBD or Peter North? <laughs> I mean it's got to be Peter North, right? <laughs> uh the he plays JCVD plays uh Jean-Claude C L A W E D in of course. Minions: The Rise of Gru. I I feel oh, that makes my body sad. I will share this title with Sean. Yeah. At this point for now. Feel co-champions. We're, we're both equally versed in Jean-Claude and 90s porno, so 
I'm okay we'll with that. We'll go into penalty shootouts uh, in the next <laughs> next time I'm on. All right. Uh, oh, no. We might have lost Shawnee there. We'll see. Um, no, all no right. I'm here. Uh, but we will lose Shawnee because I feel like we got we to gotta wrap this up. We, we did, of course, go yeah. longer than our Brian episode, which is one of our longer episodes in history. So Phil Fuck continues. Brian. Action we movie. Fuck it. <laughs> Phil continues to hold his title. And uh, his title of our, our Jean-Claude Van Damme guru? Expert? I think we call them experts. Um, it, it's pronounced Gru. Gru, yes. <laughs> Rise of Gru. Silly me. But, Phil, thank you for coming on, man. Thanks for... Uh, thank you. As always, bringing... So much for having and me. And preaching the glory of Jean-Claude Van Damme. You, I am I am his apostle, and I will spread the word of JCVD uh, throughout the land, well, as long as you'll have me on. I, here's the thing. You have yet to disappoint, so I want to have you back. Let's talk more JCVD, baby. Hell yeah. Seriously, even the worst JCVD movie, like, I will still prefer over a stoner movie. Like, seriously, I love these movies. They are so much fun, so I am just so thrilled that this continues. I look so forward to um, Action Movie December, it's not even funny. And, like, I wasn't even that thrilled about it last year, and now I'm completely on board. It's the best. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, Do you guys have anyone in line for next week? What's what's the itinerary? uh, That's our... Other tradition that kicked off this is we have the final Die Hard movie. We should have Ryan and Michael back on again for that. And then uh, I don't know where we go with them from there. But we have Die Hard 5, which I don't think any of us are looking forward to. So a real shitty way to take out Action Movie December. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's beautiful. So uh, until then, I guess... uh, I don't know. Go Louis Vuitton yourself. Go yourself. Yeah. It's it's the season. Go fuck yourself. Go, Go fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. And watch Go a Jean-Claude Van Damme flick. <laughs> that was awesome. Love you guys. Bye, Go everybody. Fuck Go fuck yourself. 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 Yeah. We do a little medley. Go fuck yourself, 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 go go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Ah.